If you like what we're doing at Neozaz.com, we kindly ask you to take just a few minutes to check out our new Patreon page. Patreon is an opportunity to support the show and help us produce more specials, series, and events in the future. Check out Patreon.com slash Neozaz to see our milestone goals for the future of the show and the network and the perks and bonuses offered at our different levels of support. We love creating content at Neozaz and love doing these shows. We have a lot more we'd like to do, and with this new Patreon page, we look forward to starting those projects very soon. To learn more, visit patreon.com slash neozaz. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash n-e-o-z-a-z. Mom, if you're listening, I, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I could have done so much better with my life. <laughs> <laughs> so many more things I could have been a part of. Hello and welcome to Dial Up Movies, the podcast devoted to preserving the memory of your favorite films from the 90s. Whether good or bad, we're going to see how those films hold up. On today's show, we're celebrating Halloween by discussing From Dusk Till Dawn from 1996, directed by Robert Rodriguez and starring George Clooney, Quentin Tarantino, Harvey Keitel, and Juliette Lewis. My name is Lou and joining me are my two co-hosts, Stephen. I'm, I'm just keeping a low profile over here. <laughs> and Tim. What do you 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 said I was a fucking nut, implying that you think I'm a fucking nut. Not now, Tim. Right. Not now. <laughs> is this where you punch me in the face? Not right now. Okay. Yeah, I think this is when you go unconscious. Yeah, this is where you punch me in the <laughs> you face. Pass out. You just broke your glasses. <laughs> this fucking movie. Uh, so this was our second Halloween movie, and we my first. I you're, that's right. Yeah, I missed right. Halloween. You missed last Halloween. Year. You were traveling around the country last year. <laughs> Um, and it was chosen because of vampires, but we only have half a movie of vampires this time around. Yeah, that's true. Which is like an artistic choice that I I want to like. I really wanted to like it, but we'll get we'll get to my. Opinions. Well, well, there will be plenty of time for oh, opinions absolutely. and reopinions and. But you know, um, yeah, we're celebrating Halloween. It's I will say this now: it is an infinitely better movie <laughs> than Ernest Scared Stupid. <laughs> And I am Godzilla, my last pick. So <laughs> it's definitely more enjoyable than Godzilla. Zero helicopters in rain in this movie. <laughs> Just saying. Nope, but we do have a dick gun, so <laughs> there is that to, ce- to celebrate. <laughs> Happy Halloween, everybody! Get out your dick guns. Officially marketed as the money shot. So, so I uh, I did want to bring up that this film was written by Quentin Tarantino, uh, not directed by, but he was a star in it. But Quentin Tarantino was, uh, we're recording this episode on the 28th of October, and he was in the news today in Philadelphia. Did you, oh, did you hear this at all? No, I've been working since 5.30 this morning. So oh, okay. Yes. Well, you haven't. No. Um, so Quentin Tarantino was uh, apparently in New York today at a protest um, against police brutality, and because of that, he's now, you know, plus some of the things that he's had in some of his films, he's labeled as an enemy of the police for New York and Philadelphia, and both unions have boy officially officially the the spokesperson says that we want to boycott quentin tarantino films 
based on his stance on police. Here's the thing. <laughs> the last few Tarantino movies I've enjoyed initially, and then on retrospect, I've just been like, they're okay. He's like a master of style over substance lately. Mm-hmm. Based on that alone, I'm probably just going to buy five tickets to anything he puts out <laughs> in the next, like, ten years. Now, yeah, because that initial ticket price is going to be like, yeah, that was worth it. I really enjoyed seeing yeah. Hitler's face shot off. That was great. Why and then, wouldn't I pay for that? <laughs> Absolutely. But uh, I think Style Over Substance kind of defines his career, doesn't Absolutely, it? I mean, what, yeah. what movie has he made that has actual substance to it? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> People love to talk about how great Pulp Fiction is. I think it's a good movie, but do I think it's as good as everyone else thinks it is? No. No, no I don't. Eh, I like it a lot. You could but... lose a lot of Pulp Fiction and have a better story. I think it's masterfully done. But Absolutely. It's a master of a certain style. Yeah. It's like... <laughs> Some of the dialogue is great and infinitely quotable, and it, very, it absolutely deserves to be quoted all yeah. the time forever. Like, Quentin Tarantino's cameo in that movie is fucking hilarious, but he's only on screen for a little bit, which is kind of, I mean... <laughs> which is great, because yeah. now you have, like, three quarters of a movie with Quentin Tarantino in it. Yeah, he gets so much screen time. I know, and it's, it's just great, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> there was a hint of sarcasm there. No. He's, he's better than George Clooney in this movie. I will say that. Now, before Stephen got here, Tim and I, you, you, we were talking really briefly about about the acting in this, and none of it's good. I'll say <laughs> that to begin with. But even though you said Quentin Tarantino was better than George Clooney, Stephen, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Quentin Tarantino is the one who was, got who was nominated for a Razzie. He was for nominated, worst supporting actor, right? Did not win. I don't know who won that year. I could look doesn't it up. matter. Now, but George Clooney was—he won best the MTV Music Awards fucking uh, breakthrough performance of the year or whatever. He did come from General Hospital to this movie, so I thought he was on ER. Oh yeah, whatever. Tomato, tomato. <laughs> <laughs> Second episode in a row, you've made that yep. joke reference. Whatever, uh, used that phrase. Yeah. Anyway, um, I disagree with that. I think Clooney should have gotten the Razzie because he's just so not good listen he's better than tom zavini and yeah all right <laughs> sex machine uh, listen yeah. i i think we are best already, character name ever we're already getting to the point where we're just kind of like <laughs> listing the characters and just like well at least he's not uh, yeah. or at least he's not huh but we can all agree that cheech Marin really outdid himself on this one three I think. roles <laughs> he had three roles in this movie he's like the original eddie murphy <laughs> Oh god, I love him so much. Uh, so man, let's really showing his range too. Very <laughs> stern and wooden as the border patrol guard, and then uh, really just disturbing. Oh, we're, and we're gonna get into that character. <laughs> I have that whole dialogue thing <laughs> on my notes. Oh no! Was oh, this your dramatic monologue? I'm excited uh, now. <laughs> it might be. It might be a really terrible impression and a, mon- a monologue. So. It's gonna be offensive to so many people. <laughs> I can't wait. Uh, we'll get to it eventually. Sure, sure. Trust we'll me. There. But in, in I was I was definitely cracking up. Uh, I was watching this with my girlfriend, and she, I think she found it somewhat amusing, but she did not laugh as much as I did. And it's probably good. It's probably a very good thing. It's probably a sign of being well-adjusted <laughs> and having, like, a healthy home <laughs> life as a child. Like, uh. yeah, yeah. I probably laughed way more than I should have at this movie. But anyway, let's let's let start talking about it. Let's just go into it. Yeah. Let's just this jump right in. first half of the movie is movie, dra- let's call it movie A. Movie A. Let's All be right. fair. Oh, okay. So, movie A tells the story of 
the two main characters of this movie, the two brothers. The Gecko brothers. The Gecko brothers, Richie and Seth. And anyway, this this film starts out with um we're in a gas station in the middle of nowhere, and I believe we're in Texas, correct? Yeah. We're, yeah. we're yeah. in Texas. Somewhere south of Abilene on the way to the Mexican border. And we have a gas station attendant with a really sick Hawaiian shirt. I made note of that for sure because it's... And this <laughs> gas station attendant, one of the better actors in the movie, I thought. <laughs> And the sh- is it the sheriff or like a deputy or whatever? He's a Texas Ranger. Oh, yeah, right. Texas oh Ranger, right, 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 right. Yeah. Texas Ranger shows up and... Earl. And they start talking about the bank robbery that had just occurred in... I don't know if it was Texas or Oklahoma or whatever. It doesn't matter. Abilene. It was in Abilene, Texas. Oh, that's where yeah. it was. Oh, okay. Thanks for paying more attention than I did. <laughs> and, you know, they talk about there was a bank robbery and, you know, three cops were killed and a civilian was killed and they're just kind of talking it out and eventually the cop goes to use the bathroom and right after the cop goes into the bathroom we are introduced to the gecko brothers and they had been holding two women hostage from this armed bank robbery and then they run over to the to the the, ga- the yeah what you say the gas station <laughs> oh right and they're just like you know, I fucking told you not to say this. Are and you that. fucking with me? Are you fucking with me? Like just repeating that over and over. And they are no, I'm not fucking with you. They are maniacs. These two. And it, you know, essentially, they had been in the store and they told the attendant to not say anything to the cop. And Quentin Tarantino keeps accusing him of trying uh, to signal the cop. Yeah, which yeah. comes out of nowhere, and it kind of just—it's the first of many. <clears throat> You get example. You kind of get the sense that like George Clooney, Seth Gecko is holding this together. He's being aggressive because he wants to get out of the situation. Well, Whereas Richie's just kind of like doing it for the fuck of it. Like, yeah, and like this like initial scene with Richie Gecko, Quentin Tarantino, where he just whispers to Seth and doesn't actually like say anything is probably his best scene in the movie <laughs> because like you get the sense like okay what's up with this guy why, why won't he just fucking speak for himself and that makes him a little creepier and then he starts talking. acting yeah then <laughs> then he starts talking a little bit later and it kind of ruins the illusion so the cop Quint- comes out Quentin Tarantino uh, is just cursed with being Quentin Tarantino forever yeah. you know yeah I don't I wonder what a day with him would be like probably he'd probably get really annoying really fast i imagine that's probably the case like he's probably got cool shit in his house and so you want to hang out with him but then like after 20 minutes you're like i've made a huge mistake (laughs) uh so anyway the cop comes out and quentin tarantino or i should say richie Mm -hmm. immediately kills him he basically executes this cop right off the bat and then he well right before that before the cop came out he was like oh wait well, when he comes out, I could just come out from behind the aisle and shoot him in the head. And Seth is like, don't do that. <laughs> Seriously, don't do that. And you get the, you see, I mean, it's very blatant, the like big brother, little brother interaction yeah. between, and it's just from like the playground to armed robbery as adults, it's like never gone away, that like same interaction. But anyway, he kills the cop and then he shoots the clerk because he, again, accuses him of trying to signal the cop. He, saying, mouth, he mouthed the words, help us. I didn't. <laughs> Are you calling him a liar? Yes, I'm calling him a fucking liar. <laughs> so I think at this point the girls run out of the store. Yeah, when things are getting heated, the two women, the two hostages, book it. Because the the clerk... In the middle they, of the desert and are never heard from again. <laughs> it's true. Probably get eaten by coyotes. The clerk grabs a gun out of the safe and starts shooting at 
the two Gecko brothers, and then a gunfight ensues. Yeah, uh, plot point, Richie Gecko gets shot through the hand. Oh, right, yeah. And they, you know, they continue the shootout. They eventually, in this part, probably the first time I, like, really laughed was when, and it's so stupid, but when the they shoot their clerk and he falls on top of the popcorn and then it starts a fire. Oh, well, uh, yeah, Seth Gecko says... Richie, on the count of three, shoot the bottles out from behind him because it's a liquor store, too. So he, <laughs> Seth Gecko, like, kicks the aisle that he's, like, hiding behind for cover and gra- like, a bottle of lighter fluid and a toilet paper Knocks roll fall into his Knocks them off majestically. Yeah. Like, so they just fall into his lap. Yes, yeah, so he soaks the toilet paper in the lighter fluid and hurls it at the guy, and then they make, you know, a big... They set him on fire, but he landed on popcorn bags, and so the popcorn starts popping. Oh, but funny. while he's on fire, he still jumps out and, oh, yeah, and shooting shoots, at yeah. him. Which was kind of <laughs> cool, because it's like, I've, I've never seen a flaming guy try to shoot me, but <laughs> I would probably be pretty scared if that happened. Probably the spookiest scene in the whole movie. Spooky. <laughs> So, I mean, eventually... I don't know they why. Le- Spooky just makes me laugh. It's, it's, <laughs> it's a, a good word. word. It's a great, it's a great word. word. They leave the, the gas station, and Seth is is disciplining Richie. He's like, what did I say? Low profile. And as he's saying this, the building is exploding behind you know what, him. You know what low profile isn't? <laughs> low profile is not killing cops. Low profile is not taking hostages. Low profile is not blowing up fucking buildings. And they drive away. That, and that's, you know, then we're, from here we go to... Well, we get this goofy-ass cartoony scene where they're driving down the highway having this conversation, and they show, like, oh, right? the Bugs Bunny, like, cut out of the trunk, and there's, like, a woman in it, and she looks terrified. Yeah. And, Clearly another hostage yeah. in the trunk of the car. They also, this is when... Gloria. Um, when uh, Richie uh, looks at Seth through the hole in his hand. Yeah, and he duct tapes it back together. Which, you know, is pretty badass. I don't know if I had the... Uh, if I had the ability to duct tape my uh, the hole in my hand shut. I probably wouldn't. <laughs> have you guys, like, what's the worst wound you guys have ever had to, like, fix up using just what you had around your house? I know you're an yeah. EMT, so yeah, you're just like, kind of like, kinda mm. doesn't really. No, I mean, like, <laughs> I'll be honest with you, even though I am an EMT and I have seen some shit in my time, broken bones freak me the fuck out. And oh, I don't they're know terrifying. Why. Yeah, like, I, yeah. Um, I don't, I've never had all that grievous a wound, though. Nothing, like, terrible, but I got my shin kicked open one night, and I didn't realize it until, like, hours later where I'm when I'm, like, on the subway in New York, and I'm just like, oh, my jeans are, like, sticking to my leg. I should pull that off. And then, surprise, it's blood, and <laughs> my leg just kept bleeding throughout the night, so I ended up, like, super gluing it together for the next three weeks. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, I've definitely super glued things shut before. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, I think we all have. Probably. I don't know. I guess I haven't had that many bad wounds. Most of my, like, bad wounds were, like, hockey injuries where I was, like... Mm. The worst one was when I was, like, they thought I broke my neck, so they put me... Dude, fuck. <laughs> yes. Was, I definitely lost some time. It's, like, the only time in my life where I've, like, like lost, like, a minute of, my of like, time. It just doesn't exist. That's because you were abducted by aliens. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wish, but no, I was just... <laughs> I just, just had a concussion. Out. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, definitely not a hole in my hand. That's that's for sure. I watched a friend of mine almost cut most of his finger off because he decided to try and cut a bagel a complete the completely wrong way. 
Okay. And the knife, you know how like bagels are when they're like half a day old where they're just like, you know, basically concrete and impossible <laughs> to cut? Yes. The knife just bounced off and he cut off a significant portion of the skin on his <laughs> how finger. How hard was he coming at the bagel with his well, knife? Did he like, hack at it? Like, well, you know how like you I'm, hold uh, you know, I'm imagining like a baseball <laughs> swing, you know, just like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was it was something like that. You know how like you, when you cut a bagel, you hold it vertically and then use gravity to like. No, that's the wrong way to cut a bagel. You cut it horizontally from the side. Well, this is that's unfortunately what happened. He tried to hold it horizontally from the side, and like I watched the knife hit the side of the bagel, and then the bagel was like not fucking having it, so it bounced right <laughs> off. And he kept his like his motion kept going, and he just like right down the index finger. Aggressive bagel, shit load of blood. It was really funny. <laughs> uh, well, anyway. Uh... I've never been shot, so I've never had the problem that Richie has. <laughs> yeah. But um, they end up at a at a motel. Oh, how's your hand, Richie? Oh, it hurts like a motherfucker, <laughs> Seth. Thank you. <laughs> Keep it, I, I just want to reiterate that Quentin Tarantino wrote the first draft of this script after Pulp Fiction. Mm-hmm. So this is a pul- post-Pulp Fiction <clears throat> world that we're living in, and he did it for $1,500, and it shows. Yeah. <laughs> Like, that's a good point. Like he, there's some great monologues and there's some great lines in here, but most of all, this movie is just like bad line after bad line after. It is ba- from beginning to end, even even movie A, the whole thing. If I could find one word to describe it, would be cheap. And that's it and that's great. It makes perfect cheap. sense. This is a drive-in movie. Yeah, this absolutely. Is, this is a like, grindhouse flick. It is built to be like oh. I've got this idea about a strip club in Mexico that's full of zombie strippers. Nah, zombies doesn't work. Vampire, Vampire strippers. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> hey, can they uh, turn into, like, snake people? Yeah, no, they're they're vampires. That's their deal, right? All right, okay. but I, I had an idea about a guy. He's, like, a biker, and he's got a dick Yeah, sure, 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 sure. I'll put, I'll put, I'll, I'll put, put that it's in like there. A, it, but it's like a gun that he straps to his yeah, dick. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. No, no, no. Got it, got it, got it, got it. All right. <laughs> That's probably exactly how the pitch meeting exactly. went. So that's exactly it. I'm into it. <laughs> Where do I sign? So anyway, they end up at this motel. They pull Gloria out of the trunk, and they drag her into the motel room. And they're just like, okay, chill the fuck out. You're going to do whatever the fuck we say. I have one question for you. Do you want to get out of this alive? Okay, so here are the ground rules. If you make a noise, Mr. 44 makes a noise. <laughs> I laughed at that, not because it was funny, but because it was like, are you fucking kidding me right now with this dialogue? It's rhetoric. <laughs> it's just, it's parallel constructions. Anyway. <laughs> Grammar school shit. I don't know. I did laugh when he said, I said, plant yourself. Plants don't talk. <laughs> <laughs> so Seth threatens Gloria, makes her stay in the hotel room with his brother, Richie. And he goes to organize this money drop-off from this bank robbery. He calls Carlos, who we meet much, much later in the film. But anyway, uh, Richie is left with Gloria and immediately goes into creep mode, where he goes and he goes into the bedroom, sits on the bed. Why don't you you come in here and watch some TV with me? Sit down on the bed. Sit sit on the bed. Yeah, I think that image of quentin tarantino laying on the hotel bed and patting it like oh no come sit here i'm pretty sure that's the last thing multiple people have seen <laughs> i was just gonna say it's burned into my mind yeah but it's, it's probably like, the last thing people have seen you're probably right yeah i've never well, had a near-death experience but i imagine it's exactly it's like similar that. to that <laughs> so uh anyway then we're introduced to our other set of characters in the beginning and we're at a diner 
and we're introduced to Harvey Keitel, uh, er- Ernest Liu, I think is his name. Yeah. And Juliet Lewis, and they are very young. Juliet Lewis, like... yeah. And I don't remember their what are their names. What's Kate the... and Scott? Yeah, but what's the Fuller? The Fullers, right? The Fullers, yeah. I, yeah. sure. Yeah. And um, we are clued in that they're traveling around Texas or traveling to Mexico via um, a an RV. an RV. And Harvey Keitel, um, uh, Jacob, mm-hmm. his character's name is Jacob. He was recently a pastor and quit his job after his wife was killed in a. Well, we find out later it was in a car wreck. But yeah, he lost his faith because of the death of his wife. And Juliette Lewis asks him, do you still believe in God? And he says, not enough to be a pastor. I think that's a perfectly fair answer. So basically, this movie is like Signs, but better than Signs. <laughs> I like Signs, man. I don't know. <laughs> Dude, signs is not a good movie. I didn't say it was a good movie. I said I liked Signs. All right. you like, <laughs> but you like everything. You like every movie ever. <laughs> Anyway, I don't, uh, whatever. We'll talk about signs another time. Um, we are then clued in that there's this, you know, we, it's like a news report, I think, is what we yeah. see. Yeah. Oh my and God, this news report. And yeah, it's really bad. But no, I mean, I think it's actually kind of poignant to, like, you know, <laughs> poignant. I think it is. <laughs> and here's my reasoning why. I would so, love to hear how this newscast is You have poignant. this, like, shiny blonde woman who's talking about, like, the deaths that the Gecko brothers have caused. So, Arian, gotcha. <laughs> yeah. And she's walking down the stairs and she's, like, she, like, talks to, uh, I don't know, some DA or prosecutor or something. And as she's describing it, a literal scorecard of how many people have died and how many of them were cops and how many of them were civilians pops up. And I'm like, how is that any different? I know this is like you know maybe me trying to look too deep into things but that's exactly what we do when we have a mass shooting in this country every news agency is like look how many people they killed which is exactly what mass shooters want they want that kind of exposure and popularity and it's like uh, it's like the frighteners they're trying to get a high score (laughs) and if you actually display like frogger your fucking points on the screen you're encouraging more violence Frogger was the video game reference that you pulled. I, really, yeah, one. just the oh, worst. Right. Contra would have worked. Like, <laughs> I don't. Does Contra have a scorecard? Though? Like, I it, don't like, remember. Uh, or do you just die all the time in Contra? It's you been a just, while you just die. You play forever. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, Seth gets home from his, uh, you know, his conversation with Carlos. He's uh, got some burgers he, on the way, trying to be a big, big Kahuna brother. burgers. Yeah. If you noticed, yeah. yeah, and he finds that his brother Richie has raped and murdered their what the hostage. fuck is wrong with you it's never explicitly spelled out you just get these weird interspersed flashes yeah i thought like there was something wrong with my video player because well, of how quick these little like subliminal-esque flashes are well as a child of the 90s the first time i ever saw from dust till dawn was on cable mm-hmm. and edited for time oh, okay. and content you know a lot of the good stuff was cut out yeah and so I remember as a kid, like, watching the weird flashes, and I'm just like, is that literally all they can show? Is that, like... <laughs> is it that bad? Is it... Oh, and, and in my mind, it was so much worse. And then when I was older and I actually saw it, I was just like, oh, no, that's just the movie. Yeah. <laughs> I can't tell if that's, like, cool or lazy. Like, they just threw ketchup all over this hotel room, and they're just kind of like, oh, yeah, if you just flash for half a second, people will think it's blood. It's creepy as hell. So we didn't talk too much about uh in the beginning. Usually we talk about the directors and I didn't for I don't know real reason, but um this was directed by Robert Rodriguez and I haven't seen a ton of things that he's done, but is this do you know his work at all? It's all pretty it's all along the same wavelength for the most part. Well, unless you count like Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Yeah, that's true actually. No. His uh children's 
And then Spy Kids. Yeah, Sh- Spy Kids Shark- also him. Yeah, Shark Boy, Lava Girl, and all the Spy Kids movies were also Robert Rodriguez yeah. movies. So, which yeah. is weird I've considering never seen yeah. any of those. I mean, I've seen like bits and pieces of them, but they're all just kind of like, you know, it's all a ton of big names doing weird movies that got massive like exposure. They were in every theater in the country, yeah. I think. But they're not good. <laughs> <laughs> I think I honestly think my favorite Robert Rodriguez thing is um his little vignette in Four Rooms. Have either of you seen it? Yeah, I have not. Yeah, that was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That. Um. Long story short, New Year's Eve in a massive hotel. Antonio Banderas and his wife go out for the evening, leaving their two kids in the room. The kids end up finding a dead hooker in a mattress and watching porn on television and you know, castling like, like, this busboy. Like you do. Yeah, it's it's pretty if fantastic. If you've never been to New York, it's happened to you. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's uh, all of his stuff is kind of par for the course. Just a lot of sex, a lot of gore. I mean, I loved Desperado. Still do. Probably always will. Do you feel any type of way about that? I don't dislike it. Okay. <laughs> you say that about a lot of things that you probably don't like. No, I mean, like, it's it's enjoyable. I, don't, I mean, I just don't think it's a great thing. Well, are you excited for Machete Kills in Space? No. Yeah. Or Johnny Quest? Because he's doing both of Actually, those. Actually, yes. He's doing Johnny Quest? Uh, it was right. announced, as, according right. to Wikipedia. That, that's crazy. IMDb. Anyway, sorry, I derailed that. I was just curious. Because I didn't know, I mean, other than Desperado, really, I haven't seen much of his, and, uh, mm. and The Faculty. I haven't seen much that he's uh, I done. I love The Faculty. But that's a great movie. <laughs> Other than those, I haven't seen much he's done. I was just curious if it was like, you know, yeah, representative. I mean, this, yeah, of his this work. is re- definitely representative of his work. So anyway, um, Seth is giving uh, Richie shit. This is not how it's done. I am a professional fucking thief. OK, I don't kill people unless I have to. And I don't rape women. <laughs> After this, the family, uh, the Fullers, they they're in their RV. They head back and they end up stopping at a motel um and almost hit seth and it's at this point that you see him kind of checking out the rv and you're like all right they're going to hijack this rv yeah which is essentially what happens in the next scene they well they've also like lost their hostage and they have no way of getting across the mexican border without being immediately identified like the whole purpose of the newscast is to set up like oh these are the gecko there's a national manhunt happening yeah. right now so. Yeah, you know the the, uh, the the feds are involved. Yeah, you know, well, the U.S. Marshals. Give you a little bit of backstory that Richie performed a daring uh, daylight breakout and got Seth out of prison for a previous bank robbery in which three um, police officers were killed. You know, I can't. I just don't understand why cops don't like Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> it just doesn't make sense to me. I don't know. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't think being being anti anything with the word brutality in it probably makes you a decent guy in my book. Just saying. If you could throw brutality after a word and it's just kind of like, oh, yeah, no, that's a thing. Like, yeah, okay. I'm probably anti that. I'm probably on Tarantino's side in this case. So when uh, when the Gecko Brothers break into the, the motel room of the Fullers, there's uh, Scott and Jacob are in the room together. Mm-hmm. And... The second they break in, they're like, what are you two, a couple of fags? And it's I, uncomfortable. It gets it's real weird, uncomfortable real weird. quick. I did laugh at it, but it's a weird line. I don't yeah, know where it came from. It's just, it's it's part of that, like, 90s, like, anti-PC backlash. You know, by this point, like, it was already kind of well-established, like, yo, dude, don't drop the hard F. Like, <laughs> mm. and then they bust in, and they're just like, what are you guys, queer? And it's just like, <laughs> ugh. <laughs> But, like, again, that's what you get for a $1,500 script. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, no, they're just like, no, he's my son. He's like, funny you don't look Japanese. He's like, neither does my son. He's Chinese. Like, <laughs> and you can just see like Seth Gecko's brain going like, I don't get it. Like, <laughs> which admittedly, I don't expect a ton of mental processing power from a guy who really just gets a full tribal sleeve that goes up to his neck. So <laughs> definitely a good point. But uh, I love that that's his life choice that I'm questioning. Not the, yeah, murder, not the murder, not the like, bank you know, robbery. bank robberies, not going to jail. Nope, none of that. Just, just the next you know, tattoo. Just like, yeah, really? Tribal? I didn't figure for that kind of guy. Yeah. Do we want to talk about the next creepy Quentin Tarantino? We have line? to. We have I mean, to. Yeah. It's, it's really uncomfortable. But so when, um, oh, what's her name? Kate. Kate comes into the, into the room. They threaten to kill her based on Jacob's, uh, he doesn't want to take them to Mexico, or mm. essentially, and they threaten to kill his kids. And in part of the scene, uh, Richie is standing next to Kate, and he imagines her turning to him and quietly whispering, "Richie, I want you to eat my pussy." And he like has a conversation with her totally in his head, and it's 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 uh, sorry, I'm sorry if you hear that scratching in the background. That is <laughs> Lou's cat Scuzz who jumped on the table with his opinion in the last episode and is He's now upset officially the fourth member of our podcast and is incredibly upset that we've shut him out of the halloween discussion he's a pain in the ass anyway he so yeah i don't know this scene is just so uncomfortable yeah, it's, yeah and he's like uh, uh sure and it uh, lasts uh, a total of like 20 seconds but way it's longer like, than it needs to be yeah <laughs> it's definitely 20 seconds longer than i needed that in my life but anyway, they take the family hostage and they all get into the RV and they're on the way to Mexico. And it's during this trip that, you know, Richie's in the back with the kids and Seth's up front with Jacob, who's driving. And he's kind of just asking them, like, well, what are we doing here? Like, what's the situation? Getting to know you. Icebreakers. You know? Right. Like- and as he's looking through Jacob's wallet and being like, hey, who's this? Is this true? You, uh, you a minister? I had a friend who got ordained in a made up religion. Some way to fuck with the uh, IRS or whatever. <laughs> But uh, you're the real deal. It's it's crazy. I had no idea that Seth Gecko knew George Sanford. So. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, they they say they're going to Mexico, and they kind of explain the situation. Like you're going to get us in, and once we're past the border and we're clear of uh, the border patrol, we're going to go our separate ways. It's yeah, kind of like we never see about. each other. Again. We don't like, need you. You don't, you don't need us. Yeah, this is just, fine. You don't fuck with us. We won't fuck with you. Just get us where we're going, and then you're you're free. We won't hurt you. So then there's another weird line where like Seth calls back to Richie and he's just like, Richie. And he goes, yeah. And he goes, put in your bit. And then <laughs> yes. and he grabs his retainer and pops in a retainer and he goes, I grind my teeth. <laughs> Unnecessary character <laughs> development. <laughs> Listen, in this movie, all character development is necessary. I need to know as much about these people <laughs> as possible. I don't see how that could possibly be true, but okay. So he puts in his retainer. Yeah, and they talk about Jacob's wife and, and yeah. you know, just more development. We can skip past this. I mean, well, other it was than- a car wreck and it wasn't like it wasn't like a quick death. It was a very long and painful one. She was trapped in the car and that's why he's questioning his faith in God and blah, blah, blah. And then Quentin Tarantino's more of a creep towards <laughs> Kate. What, with the foot fetish thing? Well, that well, obviously, yeah, that comes that, up. He, he He's staring at her feet and it's a very long, drawn out shot of just foot creeping. And then he's just like, do you mean what you said back there? She's like, what? What did I say? And he's like, do you you mean what you said back there? Like, or were you just fucking with me? 
you know so, and he's like because like, i would i would totally do that i would do you. that for i would totally do that for you <laughs> uh yeah it's not he's just a stand-up guy like uh, God. man <sighs> but uh then they arrive at the border and there's a, a sort of a tense scene where you know Cheech Marin shows up as the the uh, his first of many rules. Yeah, his hard ass border patrol agent, and he questions Jacob. And the idea is that um, Kate is going to be in the in the bathroom mm. of the RV with Richie and Seth, and they're going to be quiet, and it's just going to be the two of them, and they're going to go on their way. But they hear, you know, it's in this part of the conversation where they you had you, this is how your opening line. Oh, yes, like, yeah. oh what, you called me a fucking nut back there. And Richie well, and Seth are fighting in the bathroom. Yeah, they're like in the bathroom, like pressed up against the wall and <laughs> Richie's like, Do you think it do you think this is gonna work? And Seth's like, as long as you don't act like a fucking nut, I think it'll be fine. He goes, What did you just say? What do you mean by that? What do you like, mean by that? You calling me a nut? You calling me crazy? Like where I come from, you call a guy a nut. A train stops right there, man. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Like and he like punches the wall, and that makes Cheech Marin go, "What was that?" And he says, "My daughter's in the bathroom." He goes, "I thought you said it was just you and your son." And he's like, "Uh." So he's like, "I'm coming on board." <laughs> he's yeah, like, "Gotta check this out." In the meantime, George Clooney knocks out Quentin Tarantino. He thank passes God. out, and Juliette Lewis is just, you know, thank you. Yeah. He was <laughs> creeping me out, like. <laughs> So, you know, uh, Cheech comes in, he opens up the bathroom door with some other agents, Juliet Lewis is on the bath, like, sitting on the toilet for whatever reason. She's like, close the fucking door! <laughs> and he acts like a creep towards her. This whole yeah. movie is just, they're a bunch of creeps, yeah. but either way, they finally get through, they get past, you know, the, it, it works, their plan works, and they get through to Mexico, and they're going to the titty twister, open from dusk until dawn. And mm. now we're in movie B. Yep. Well, it's not quite movie B right, until close. Salma Hayek makes her first appearance. <laughs> no, I, I would classify this as solid movie B at this right. point. Like, so then we're treated to another scene. Wait, of- is the, I have to ask you a question? <laughs> is the fact that the titty twister is open from dusk until dawn more or less on the nose than the line "He's home alone" from Home Alone? <laughs> I think it's right up there with, I'm just so tired of all of these Star Wars. <laughs> I also had the titular line in Out of Africa. <laughs> there's no titular line in Out of Africa. Yeah, yeah, you owe me a million dollars. <laughs> Man, I can't wait to get out of Africa. <laughs> <laughs> Lou has no idea what we're talking I about. Don't, okay, I don't. Okay, um, there was a uh, sketch comedy show back in the 90s of all times. Um called the Upright Citizens Brigade, and they were an improv group that got a show. And one of the bits in one of the episodes is this guy who comes to a video store and just claims to have had the titular line in various movies. Oh, you know what? I have seen yeah. this. I've, I've at least seen it referenced. That's yeah, funny. and he's just like, you know, he's like, I, I had the titular line in Out of Africa. He's like, there is no titular line in Out of Africa. No, you can see me. I'm driving by in the background, and I say, I can't wait to get out of Africa. <laughs> And then doesn't he have like a film reel that he stitched? Yeah, he into he stitches it together and like pretends to be in there, and he's just like, oh. he's just like, I bet you a million dollars I was in. He's like, fine, you're on. Like, <laughs> yeah, but in the Star Wars one, he's in like what I imagine Lou wears to bed. It's like a, <laughs> it's like a crappy cosplay rebel pilot uniform, and he's in a cardboard X-wing. He's like, man, I sure am tired of all these Star Wars. So likewise. <laughs> George Clooney and Quentin Tarantino are now at the Titty Twister, which is open from dusk till dawn. 
which may have something to do with the fact that there are vampires here. But we we don't don't know know that that yet. (laughs) But we're introduced to another character by played by Cheech. Um, mm. And I forget the name of his character. It's it doesn't. It's irrelevant. something goofy. P- pussy guy. <laughs> yeah, he's the pussy guy. Oh, and this is when he goes. Uh, you know, probably my. <laughs> you have to read the my, whole thing. Oh, I'm just, going just to do it. It's gone. All right. No further oh. ado. All right, pussy, pussy, pussy. Come on in, pussy lovers. Here at the Titty Twister, we're slashing pussy in half. <laughs> Give us an offer on our vast selection of pussy. This is a pussy blowout. All right, we got white pussy, black pussy, Spanish pussy, yellow pussy. We got hot pussy, cold pussy. We got wet pussy. We got smelly pussy. We got hairy pussy, bloody pussy. We got snapping pussy. We got silk pussy, velvet pussy, nalga high pussy. We even got horse pussy. Dog pussy, chicken pussy. Come on, you want pussy? Come in, love you, pussy lovers. If we don't got it, you don't want it. Come on in, pussy love. <laughs> I would just like to apologize to all of our listeners for uh, me reading all that. <laughs> Mom, if you're listening, I I'm so sorry. <laughs> I could have done so much better with my life. <laughs> so many more things I could have been a part of. Well, if it means anything, <laughs> Seth punches that guy out as he walks into the titty. Just immediately, thing. for no real reason. Well, I think uh, I, I was Does trying it, to figure out why he punches him, and so like going I think back, this I'm is a very, out, very important plot point. If he doesn't punch him, as, do we even have a movie B? No, we don't, because as Seth and the Fullers and Richie are walking into the titty twister, as they're walking up, I'm pretty sure this is why he gets punched out. Um, pussy guy looks at Kate and goes, oh, a new flavor, apple pie pussy, like, in- indicating that this underage girl is, like, up for grabs. And so, in a weird moment of, like, paternal instinct, George Clooney's <laughs> character breaks this guy's hand and punches him in the face. I just wanted to- my throat is scratchy from trying to talk I'm- like Cheech. <laughs> yeah, that'll happen. <laughs> Does not happen when you try to intimidate, uh, intimidate, uh... <laughs> Intimidate yeah. Tommy Chong? Yeah, is that no, what you're... Uh, that's what I was trying to say, but I was actually trying to say imitate Tommy Chong. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, so, you know, now we're in the Titty Twister, and it's a really rowdy biker and trucker bar, and... No, really? <laughs> and... Never would have guessed that the Titty Twister is a place for rowdy individuals. And for families. And so... Kids eat free on Wednesdays. <laughs> <laughs> so Danny Trejo pretty much shows up in all of... Robert Rodriguez. Yeah, is this like movies. his first movie ever, though? Uh, I don't know. I'll look that up. But he um he plays. I forget his character's name. He's in this. a bartender. He doesn't need a name. No, he's got a goofy name. You know, and he's he basically looks at Seth and Richie and says, "You guys, I can't. I'm not going to serve you. Like, you got to go. Yeah, you're not a biker. You're not a trucker. And some other dude tries to start a fight with him based on the fact that he's like in this bar and not welcome. Yeah, like the bouncery type guy is like, okay, the bartender's telling you to leave. I'm going to make sure that happens. But um, he, he starts a fight. He tries to start a fight with the guy, mm-hmm. but Jacob steps in in a pastorly fashion and kind of talks him out, talks it down. And he says, you know, I, I have an RV. I have this like I have a class license. two license, right. which you would require to drive a truck. I'm a truck driver. These are my friends. We want a drink. <laughs> And um and everything, you know, chills out and he orders drinks and they go and they go sit down. And uh oh by the way, his name is Razor Charlie. Razor, Razor Char- Charlie. Not my favorite name in the film, which is coming up. 
fast approaching. But yeah, anyway, so like George Clooney looks at him and he's just like, you guys serve food in this joint, Jose? And he's like, best in Mexico. <laughs> I doubt that. We're going to be sitting over there, send a waitress over to take our order. Like, this is just the way George Clooney's character interacts with people. We completely skipped the <laughs> the great moment when they're checking into the hotel. Mm. And he's just banging on the bell. And, and no one's coming like, to help. What the, what the fuck do you want? And he's like, I want a fucking room. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's just like, he's used to intimidating people. Including Tommy Chong. <laughs> Intimidated him so bad he didn't even touch this movie. Yep. It's a shame. I like Tommy Chong. But, uh, you know, we're introduced to, I think, our favorite character name right after, you know, the geckos get their table. And it's just a small little cut scene where, like, one guy tries to take another guy's beer. It's a little montage of, like, where they're at, you know? And I forget how he grabs... What does he do when he grabs... He does something to grab... Oh, he, like, uses, like, a whip or something. He uses his bull whip to grab Uh, it. Right. To grab a a bottle out of somebody's hand. (laughs) The guy starts some shit. And, you know, this character, who we find out later's name is Sex Machine, just leans back in his chair and we we see the dick gun. He just throws... The guy guy pulls out a switchblade and Tom Savini, who plays Sex Machine, just leans back, thrusts up, and suddenly his... Like you do. ...cock piece turns into a cock piece <laughs> and you know it's a double barreled you know gun just sitting there on his crotch and the guy's just like all right cool I, I can't fight that like he's got a dick gun i didn't prepare for this so you know sex machine sex machine's not my favorite name. sex machine guy. wins a beer so but you know then there's a small scene where we have the fullers and the and the geckos at a table and they're talking about Winning and losing and and drinking and yeah, whatever. Make the the children take shots, right? Like trying to force them to, and then you know it's yeah. just. But then we are introduced to Razor Charlie. Kind of steps up and gets on the mic and says, "All right, now we're going to introduce kind of like the main event of the evening." Mm-hmm. And they introduce Santanico Pandemonium, best name ever, <laughs> which is Salma Hayek's character, and she's like, I guess, head stripper, head dancer, yeah, lead stripper. And she comes out to to give her dance. And executive stripper? <laughs> Chief executive oh, stripper. Oh, sorry, sorry. I don't know about you guys, but holy shit, she's hot in this movie. Yeah. Salma Hayek's just hot, period. Like, anything she does. So, yeah. I don't she even... just, I don't know. It's it's like, this is one of those things. You can talk about this movie. You could say just like, oh, this movie's bad. You know, this movie's like, whatever, man, what a bad script. Quentin Tarantino's a terrible actor. But then at the end of it, like, this movie is so full of testosterone that by this point in the movie, you're just like so jacked on being a dude. And then like (laughs) Selma Hayek comes out nude and does the striptease. You're just like, yeah, cool. Sold. Greatest movie of all time. (laughs) Love it. And she's got the, this is something that I thought was really interesting. She does this entire dance with a snake, like a boa constrictor on her. Mm Mm-hmm. Selma Hayek is deathly afraid of snakes. Really? I didn't know that. Hates them. Absolutely hates them. So when she was like, she read the script, she's like, I can't do this. And like, basically Robert Rodriguez conned her into thinking other people were getting this bit, this mm-hmm. spot. And the way that he finally convinced her was Robert Rodriguez convinced Selma Hayek that Madonna <laughs> was going to play Satanico Pandemonium mm. if she didn't. And so Selma Hayek immediately, to prevent that 
Anglo blonde bitch <laughs> from having the head Mexican stripper role immediately goes into intensive therapy for two months to get over her fear of snakes. This wow. was a spite role. Huh. I don't know why Selma Hayek hates Madonna so much, but that's some really interesting shit. I bet you the therapy for not hating snakes cost a lot more than the script did. Oh, <laughs> Just an observation. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, so it was spread $1,600 over eight weeks. That's $200 a week. Like, you're you're definitely right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we get this striptease, and she's walking And it's awesome. Tables. Let's be fair. It's awesome. I mean, you can't really even talk about it. You just got to watch it. Yeah. But uh, you, oh, can no, watch- you, can, you can talk about part of it when she steps out onto the table and walks up to Richie, covers her leg and foot in tequila- and then shoves it into his mouth. Richie Gecko's pervy, disgusting, <laughs> sex offender mouth is just on Soma Hayek's tequila-soaked foot. And this entire scene is just so uncomfortable. And you're just kind of like, this is hot. I'm disgusted. <laughs> this is probably then, the point when writing the script that Quentin Tarantino says, all right, I'm not going to direct this. Like, I'm just going to star in this because this has to be. He's like, I've yeah, got like, to be I've got to commit to my acting. <laughs> How fucking hard do you think Quentin Tarantino was when that happened? How hard he was acting? Not hard at all. No, 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 I think no, it was no, all no, natural. No, no. I mean, how hard do you think his fucking? I don't want to think about Tarantino's, Tarantino's erections. <laughs> that is right. something I've spent a big part of my life avoiding. So, <laughs> See, if we really could just avoid filter. that question, like, <laughs> See, that's the thing. I have a really good mental filter. I'm trying to infect your you brain. Okay, you can't. <laughs> I have firewalls up. <laughs> All right. <laughs> anyway, so anyway, the so, striptease ends, and you know, uh, Seth is just like, now that's what I call a fucking show. But, but wait, <laughs> there's but wait, more. There is more. So the guy that, you know, Seth punched out when they walked in, the pussy guy, yeah, he comes to, he comes in with Razor Charlie and with the other bouncer dude. And they kept calling like an ape. Yeah. Calling like an ape man a couple of times by this point. And they start a fight, which very quickly uh, descends into more murder. Yep. And, or so uh, we think. Or so, right. Ah. And how does this play out? So like oh the, that's right the big ap guy like jams a knife through the already there hole in Richie's hand and um so Seth like shoots a couple dudes and like a couple people get punched out and then again posturing as like the macho you think dudes that everybody's that they are. dead You're yeah just, but you know you've got the geckos who are just like Wah! yeah they're like flexing and they're like is everybody cool because you know like the whole bar is stopped at this point and Salma Hayek is staring at the blood dripping out of Richie's hand hole. <laughs> and then she turned into a snake lady. <laughs> Cue the real movie B, I guess we could yeah. say now. So, yeah. So you had some words about, you had some thoughts about this before we even started recording about the, the snake lady transformation. Yeah, I mean, I was surprised by it. I mean, like, okay, obviously, yeah, everyone, I knew going into this because I've seen this movie before, everyone here is vampires. But I I was like, a snake vampire lady? Is it because she just likes snakes, so she just takes on the aspects of a snake woman? I guess. Because there's, like, other, like, as we le- meet more vampires, they're, like, less snaky and more bat-like. And, you know, then there's, like, a dog one later on. So And there's some that are, like, kind of, like, uh, really reminiscent of um, uh, Lost Boys, where they have, like, this really yeah. strong ridges on their faces. Yeah. And there's, like, ten different kinds of vampires. I mean, maybe this is just the Mexican 
strain the of Mexican mecca of <laughs> vampires. Oh, so like you're what you're, it's like the Mexican melting pot. They all come to the titty twister to just be whatever kind of vampire they want to be. It's, if you want to be a dog weird. vampire, go for it. So, <laughs> Santonico. No Santon- I, I, I have a theory about this, but I'm oh. waiting until the end of the movie. Okay, to okay. I'm it, very so. curious. People listening right now, um, yeah, you're just gonna have to listen to this entire thing. This is how we get you yeah. for ratings purposes. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Santonico bites the neck of Richie, and he bleeds out on the floor. After he's like, fuck, fuck, bitch. <laughs> fuck it, bitch. And the tables have turned. Suddenly, the sexual assaulter is the one who has been assaulted. Mm. It's a poetic twist that was definitely intentional and not just, you know, all cool vampires. <laughs> I don't like you using the word poetic to describe this movie. <laughs> Listen, man. There once was a man from Nantucket is a poem. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like a limerick, which is a type of poem, I guess. Yes, yeah, fine, yeah. whatever. Anyway, what happens next, Lou? So, uh, you know, the three guys that were shot turn into vampires, and they start attacking the people in the club that are not vampires. The next, like, 15 minutes, 20 minutes of this movie is just a huge fight scene, essentially. Mm-hmm. And... You know, there's limbs and there's heads flying everywhere. And, and then the dick gun goes off. The dick gun goes off. The, the the band that was playing, all of a sudden the guy has a guitar made out of a body. <laughs> this is the funniest part of the entire movie to me. Is The entire band turns into vampires playing human bodies. like, <laughs> And it's just so ridiculous. It's clearly like inflatables that they painted. Yeah, like. But it's like, and like, I don't even know how the structure of that guitar is supposed to work. It's like a human torso with, with like the a- leg shoved up the butthole. <laughs> and then they have like strings attached to that. And I'm like, I'm just wondering, do you go to like Sam Ash to get strings for that thing? Or are they made of like... They're probably made of intestines. intestines? Yeah. yeah, I would think so. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's um, there's another guy in the crowd This like... This big dude with a, like a mustache and Frost. His name yeah. is Frost. Right. Yeah. Right. What's the actor's name? I can't remember. Um, but you know, it's like him and and Sex Machine and the Fullers and <laughs> <laughs> and Seth Gecko. And Seth Gecko. So Frost, Sex Machine, Seth Gecko walk into a strip club. <laughs> Jacob Fuller's lost his faith. <laughs> <laughs> and it's. Yeah, I don't know. They're the ones that are, like, taking charge. They're the ones that are actually, like, winning in this fight, if you want to call it winning. You know, Frost is impaling vampire strippers on a table legs. And, <laughs> you know, Jacob is putting uh, a crucifix in the in the mouth of another vampire mm. who then melts. And I don't know. Then then Sex Machine grabs his bull whip and he starts, like, pulling off heads of vampires. And I did read that apparently this was intended to be a throwback to Castlevania. That's the only reason he had a whip really? in this scene. Yeah, it was. I was in- wondering if I mean, like, you know I was what? like, okay, Castlevania. It's Can- Castlevania esque because he's got a whip. But I'm like, I'm like, I was trying to come up with uh, justifications for a sex biker machine, to have a whip. Sex machine Belmont makes sense. Yeah. Like that's the whole reason it was written in was just to be a reference. <sighs> but um, I feel bad for Castlevania right now. Also, <laughs> 1996 Castlevania Symphony of the Night. I think. I thought that was 97. Let's find out. We have the internet at our disposal. (laughs) If my video game nerdism is half as strong as I think it is, I'm pretty sure Symphony of the Night, which is one of the better ones, probably the best. It's the best, I would argue. I'm not going to say it's the best. It's it's critically received as the best. I think that was 97. 97. Yes. Ah, there we go. So the last one would have been Rondo of Blood. You guys are 
I mean, you know more than I do. I That's... played the first two, and that was it. <clears throat> what a terrible night to have a curse. <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. I At this point in my notes, I have the, the phrase, the effects are horrible, and I don't care. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because I really... <laughs> It's hard to care, or it's so hard to care at this point, because the first five minutes of, like, the evisceration and blood, you're just like, okay, cool. And then after another ten minutes of it, you're just like, how many more bad CGI disintegrations are we going to have? Like, how many more, like, weird little cuts to the vampire band, like, plugging on his base? <laughs> gonna, how many more times? Like, I got the joke the first time, guys. We saw it, like, five or six times. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, I don't know, I guess... It's at this point that I think, you know, and I said earlier that I was watching this with my girlfriend, and she laughed a lot during this movie, and I, but I think this is when she and maybe you guys were like, you lost your interest, or you stopped, did you stop caring? How do you guys feel about like at this point in the movie? Because at this point, I was just like, this is great, this is awesome, because I was enjoying myself a lot. Yeah, it's it's enjoyable, but at the same time, like in retrospect, even as soon as the scene ended, I like. I remember like checking the progress bar. I was just like, oh, I've got another thirty minutes. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I, I remember okay. actually. I remember thinking that was pretty cool, but there's still 48 minutes left in this. Yeah, movie. I, I remember. Just, what are they going to fill it with? I'm like, ah, okay. I forgot how long this. It's and only, it's not. It's not really that it's long. Only a 95 movie. It's, minutes or so. Yeah, it's like, like, I think the total is like 108 minutes, and this has happened at an exactly an hour in. So I'm like, there's a lot of movie left, and I don't know where it's going to go. <laughs> well, it goes to Sex Machine. Or no, I'm sorry, Frost ripping the heart out of a vampire and then Sex Machine stabbing it with a pencil that he has for some reason. <laughs> well, yeah, because the vampire was still alive. He, Frost thought he was going to be all cool and rip the heart out, and then they're staring at it like, what the fuck? Why is it still beating? And then Sex Machine, obviously, the vampire scholar is like, oh, we need something wooden to pierce it. But, you know, there's a face-off with four vampires, like four female vampires for whatever reason. And yeah. Then they kill the band. Now we got to kill that fucking band. i kind of like that line i'm not gonna lie and you know and then we try to have a heartfelt scene between brothers right is yeah it falls very 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 flat flat because of george clooney's lack of effort in his performance and also because we can like quentin tarantino in this scene when they show him lying there you can tell he's just waiting for the moment where he gets to open his eyes and be the spooky vampire you know (laughs) because he was bitten so he turns and you could, like, there's, like, he's dead, but he almost looks excited. Which is not good acting. So, uh, speaking of George Clooney and his bad acting, I was trying to... We talked earlier about when he did uh, Batman and Robin, which was another one of his great acting roles. Of course. So, he did uh, he did One Fine Day after this, and then he did Batman and Robin. Mm. So... Not a good stretch for Mr. Clooney. Uh, all right, uh, I'm getting exhausted talking about this movie. Um, you want to talk about Batman and Robin real quick? Yeah, sure. It's great. Stop. <laughs> don't. <laughs> don't make me do this. Why? You don't like Arnold Schwarzenegger? Do you know what kills the dinosaurs? The Ice Age. <laughs> Chill out. <laughs> I never go anywhere without my bat card. God, it's such a terrible movie. <laughs> you know, one day we will watch that movie. We oh, I know. It, it, we have to. It's. I just don't want to. I just don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> I did right, try so. to watch Batman Forever a couple months ago, just because I hadn't seen it in like ten years. Forever's the one with Tommy Jim, Lee Jones yes. and, and Jim, Jim Carrey. Carrey. I got. 
I read that they maybe eight minutes in, and yeah. I like I got to the scene where the bank the bank security guard just like it's boiling acid, and I turned it off. I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't cope with it. So I don't know how I would get through worse acting than Troll Two. What mine just now? No, or? just in general that whole movie. Bug. <laughs> Anyway, all right, let's get back onto the yeah. from dust to dawn. Um, so, uh, okay, spoiler alert: duh, Richie's a vampire. Because that's what happens when you get bitten by a vampire. Yeah, and so like he doesn't um, let anyone kill him. Yeah, like okay, so like everyone is like, oh, we gotta kill him, and Seth's like, no, you don't fucking touch him. And then yeah, he makes everyone else hold him down so he can stab him through the heart with a broken pool cue. And he says, for the peace that I couldn't give you in life. Here's death, or I don't remember the line, but it's it's along those lines. It's I think my line was probably better. Than whatever George probably Clooney says, but then they start talking about what they know about vampires, and I feel like I know that like the vampires kind of came very suddenly, but they just slaughtered like thirty five vampires. They did really well, yeah, yeah. like but they I figured it out quick. At this point, they start talking about what they know about vampires, and this felt very shoehorned in, like. Actually, I, I kind of like this part. Where they start talking about what they know? Yeah, because they're like, well... Um, Have any of you ever read a book on vampires? I mean, a real book on vampires. Like, Oh, you mean like a Time Life book? <laughs> <laughs> no, because they're all just rehashing shit they've seen in movies or whatever. And I thought that was like... Uh, like, if I was in a situation... Let's say we go out to a restaurant. And we're having dinner and all of a sudden vampires attack. I'm. Th- I feel like because we've all seen movies we would all know immediately what to do to defend ourselves i've watched all seven seasons of buffy the vampire slayer i am incredibly well equipped for this exactly. imaginary situation <laughs> exactly so here are some people like i put in a situation they never thought they would be in but they're like okay these are obviously vampires wood through the heart seems to work really well they also talk about for whatever reason they bring up jacob's lack of faith and how he, they need a holy man to like get them through the night kind of a well thing. okay because they're talking about things that hurt vampires crosses hurt vampires holy water hurts vampires uh, i think silver hurts vampires no that's werewolves <laughs> and so they have this conversation and um seth is trying to like inspire some faith in jacob saying like look you are a man of god you can get us the fuck out of this because vampires hate people like you and then he gets punched in the mouth for it and he's like, whoa, 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 I wasn't trying to offend you. I'm trying to say, like, you are our key to getting out of here alive. And then, you know, it's whatever. Yeah, but. Are you a, what does he say? Are you, a, are you a faithless preacher or are you a mean, mean motherfucking <laughs> servant of God? I'm a mean hmm, <laughs> servant of God. <laughs> uh, so the one part we very, really glossed over for whatever reason sex machine during this fight gets his arm bit by some vampire so he knows he's going to turn but he hides it from the rest of the group to kind of continue this fight and then there's like the slapsticky scene where he starts turning is that where we're at yeah in the yeah, movie yeah where he's like like he, his fingers while frost get all is long. going while frost is going oh. into his vietnam flashback <laughs> right which was awesome <laughs> Just describing his like when I came to, I, I killed an entire VC squad by myself. And like the audio cuts out as Sex Machine is we're seeing from his eyes, and like the audio cuts out as he's like turning or whatever, and you just see this giant man like making multiple stabbing motions, like he's like slitting throats, <laughs> and everyone else is just no one is turning their heads; they're all transfixed by the amazing storyteller Frost. The <laughs> but biker. through the magic of film, yeah, we have an entirely different perspective where 
Tom Savini suddenly has a mouthful of fangs and he, like, touches it very and goes, Nosferatu hands, you know? And he starts hearing voices, and he's trying yeah. to hide it from the rest of the group, even yeah. though no one's paying attention to him. And then, like, Scott kind of looks back at him for a second, and he, like, hides his giant hands behind his back, and he's like, mm, nothing going on over here. But, um... It's very cartoony and yeah. very, very silly. But he, like, he, uh, he bites Jacob at this point, right? Isn't this, doesn't he come up behind Jacob and bites him? I think so. Yeah. I think this is where yeah, he bites Jacob. Right. And, um, and then Frost throws him through a door... And uh, he turns himself, but he just grows like a big mouth at this, you know. Like... <laughs> yeah, more or less. He reminded me of the his, Goombas his from the Mario Brothers. Disappears. Movie. Yeah, yeah, no, that's exactly what he looks like. And um, yeah, so so Jacob is behind the bar. We and all the bats skipped, are coming in. What do we, we skip? We skip the part with like how like the fluttering of the bats has been unnerving everyone. And oh, it's like, right. okay, yeah, okay. Guess what, everybody? All those bats are vampires. All right, we're caught up. Continue. <laughs> Great sidebar. <laughs> no problem. So Jacob's behind the bar and he finds a baseball bat and a shotgun. And he then makes him into sort of a shotgun crossbow type thing that he can use as a cross to hold also them back. As a shotgun. Yeah, while Seth, uh, Seth Gecko and the kids have escaped down like this weird hatch into a cave that has stuff in it. it well, yeah, what they, you know, what this, all of this, the, the setup for like the biker bar should have told you is that. As these bikers and truckers have been coming in, the vampires have been killing them and taking their shipments. So this mm. is all the the boxes of miscellaneous crap that goes through mm-hmm. a Mexican and truck all route. the biker weapons that a typical biker should have on them. At all sure, times. Uh, you know, including like uh, a jackhammer that Seth turns into an amazing steak gun, just motorized steaker. <laughs> I like. loved this, by the way. But no. Oh, uh, Tim's not happy with it. <laughs> because it makes a chainsaw noise instead of a jackhammer noise. Ah, uh, dude, that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. make any sense. <laughs> I don't... Dude, when do I need movies to make sense? You, I you never obviously need... don't. <laughs> a movie about vampire strippers well, made the to... wrong noise. It needs to be consistent within its own universe, Stephen. I think it was plenty consistent. <laughs> but, you know, so... Uh, for, for whatever reason, Jacob... Uh, kind of gets his faith back so that he can bless the holy water. Yeah, he makes the cross and he escapes from behind the bar back to where the three remaining humans are and says, look, I'm going to turn. We need to fucking murder all of these vampires. Oh, but he also does this great pep talk where he makes his children swear to kill him. Oh, and it's it is dark. Yeah, and they're just like, we won't. He's like, I need you to swear to God that you. I am your only chance to get out of here. If you don't, I'm giving you five seconds. If you don't swear, I'm gonna kill myself. myself. (laughs) So he puts his gun up to his fucking head and goes one, two, three, four. And then Casey, all right, all right, God, okay, I swear I'll kill you, Daddy. Juliette Lewis, like, goes for it. And then he turns to his son, and he's like, I'm only giving you till three, like, (laughs) because we don't have as much time. All right, Dad. One, two, you don't believe in suicide. It's not suicide if I'm already dead. (laughs) Oh, my God. Which is one of my favorite lines, like. My favorite line actually comes at this point, too, where Seth Gecko's like, I don't care about living or dying anymore. I just want to take as many of those motherfuckers out as I can. I'm like, eh, if I'm surrounded by vampires on all sides, I probably feel the same way. And so they get their shit together and they go out the door. They have like an A-team montage of them like putting together their weapons right. and stuff. So they make the motorized stake machine um, a like double-barreled crossbow kind of thing that like auto like she could like pump it like a pump action shotgun and it loads the next bow, like the next arrow into the slot. 
Um, Scott has like a bunch of condoms filled with holy water and two super soakers filled with holy water for melting vampires. And they carve a bunch of crucifixes into the bullets in um, Seth's revolver. And um, the preacher sticks with his baseball, tiny baseball bat and shotgun combination. And uh, and that's that. They they get out of this cave and they fight and they their way. On. They fight their way out, and they slaughter a bunch of vampires. And and there's some great little gory scenes, like they rip Tom Savini's head off and with he, his own bullwhip. Yeah. Then he turns into a uh, dog, devil thing. dog that is murdered. And aren't devil and, dogs those like little Debbie treats? <laughs> yeah, they're yeah. delicious, dude. Yeah, I, right. my dad used to buy those all the time. Okay. Um. What else? What else happens? So, like, okay, whatever. So, but then Scott watches his dad turn into a vampire. Yeah, after fucking Preacher Man takes out a shitload of vampires, basically, like, not even dealing with it, um, he's still holding his cross up, but the other vampires just walk away from him, like, all right, he's one of us now. And he turns around, and it's evil Harvey Keitel, like, (laughs) (laughs) and so Scott takes aim and shoots him, saying what he said before, I swear in the name of Jesus Christ, you know, kills his dad. And then uh, his sister's like... Oh, no, wait, like, he bites? He, no, he doesn't Oh, yeah, shoot. well, he yeah, he doesn't do it immediately, and um, he gets bit. Yeah. And then... And then, yeah. And then Kate, I think she kills Scott. She kills Scott, and he's, like, being ripped apart by oh, vampires. Right. They're, like, holding him, like, in one of those, like, stupid college pictures where you're just, like, <laughs> holding someone, and they're just kind of, yeah. like, leaning down, and he's, like... Except he's just covered yeah. in blood and saying, kill me. He's like, but... <laughs> I thought of that the good scene from Aliens, where they find the uh, the person cocooned in the wall. But no, he's not even like that. He's like, "Kill me, kill me, Kate." You should. You should he's it. like, "You should probably kill me." <laughs> She's like, "I can't." And uh, then all of the vampires explode. Right. Well, you know they, they're the shooting. That, they're yeah. shooting holes in the walls, and sunlight is finally coming in. Sunrise comes. Dawn is here. <laughs> the siege ends. <laughs> and um. And, you know, we're at the end of the movie, but at real this quick, point... Real yeah. quick, can what? we talk about how the engine on the motorized steak machine dies, and George Clooney doesn't figure out that he doesn't need the motor to make the steak part work. He could just keep stabbing with it. He doesn't do that. He's like, oh, fuck, and drops it. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, he's caught up in the moment, you know? Yeah, I, I guess. Oh, we, we skipped the part where uh, Harvey Keitel dies after being, you know, turned and, and killed by one of his children, and... <laughs> Kate's like, oh my god, and George Clooney, like, still fighting vampires, kind of floats by and goes, fight now, cry later. <laughs> Everyone's cold in this movie. It's, yeah. it's nice. I like it. Yeah. There's no warmth <laughs> whatsoever. So, you know, once all the vampires are dead, you know, there's some knocking at the door, and Carlos comes in, the guy that Seth and Richie were supposed to meet to exchange this money. Once again, Cheech Marin. Yeah. Uh, in his third role. And he's kind of just like, what's going on in here? As there's just bodies and blood everywhere. And monster corpses. Yeah. And since the door is now open, the sunlight is flooding in. And, you know, they manage to run out. And the sunlight hits the disco ball, which disperses (laughs) it. And all the vampires are hit by the UV light. I forgot about the disco ball. burn up. (laughs) So they go outside. And they start talking about, you know, this meetup. And Carlos is just like, hey, man, like, sorry about all that. And he's just like, my brother's dead. Like her this- entire family is dead. He's like, "What the fuck? Why are we meeting here?" And he goes, "I don't know. It was a strip club in the middle of the desert. Like I just picked it. Like he had no yeah. one place is as good as another. Like and he just plays a fair them. point." And then they start negotiating 
it's price like, on on the ex- <laughs> the exchange of money like nothing happened yeah because we glossed over the point earlier where quentin tarantino is trying to convince george clooney to it's 30 percent of their like bank hall to like mm. get to el rey and he's just like you shouldn't go did you, did you can you even negotiate and he's just like it is fucking scripture you know you give them 30 percent and that's you it. want sanctuary you pay 30 percent yeah and so now he immediately goes to 15 percent <laughs> which and, seems reasonable to me and i think you know all things Carlos, considered yeah he tries to talk him back up to like 25 i think they end at 20 he says 28 25 they they say 20 and then so kate's sitting there and she's got like a gun she has no family she's been murdering vampires for eight hours 12 hours whatever and she's just like well what can i come with you or no wait, is that what is she yeah, she's like, can I come with you? And he's just like, no. Nah. Not not really, can I come with you? She's like, you want some company. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. Yeah, that was a weird switch. Yeah, it's just kind of like Juliette Lewis in the space of a night became a woman. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and it's just like, George Clooney, I see you have taken your blazer off for the first time, and you're very tatted. <laughs> Might I accompany you to El Rey? Do you know what kind of place El Rey is? Go home, Kate. <laughs> And he just he just pieces. He just nah, I'm, I'm out. And then she's left there with to, the RV. With the RV, and she drives that off into the distance. And as she drives off in the RV, where the camera pans out, mm. and we see you know the parking lot where all the trucks are parked, and we see the titty twister, and we keep going, and then we see that there's a huge ditch full of corpses and a pyramid underneath the titty twister. And here we come to my theory that oh. this is actually built. Well, I mentioned this earlier that uh, Lou has a Graham Hancock book <laughs> in his room, Fingerprints of the Gods, about a lost prehistoric civilization um, that passed down knowledge about how to construct massive pyramids to the people of the Americas and Egypt. And many people believe that those people were, in fact, reptilian aliens from outer space. Uh. So, what we have here, people, is not necessarily a vampire movie, but a coded message mm-hmm. about our evil reptile overlords sent here yeah, uh, to harvest us and yeah. turn us into alien hybrids. Dick Cheney uh, is actually one of them. <laughs> and the Queen of England, according to a Exposed. sticker I read on the way here. <laughs> he, uh, Wait, really? Straight up, there are stickers all the way down Passyunk Avenue right now that say, Queen Elizabeth is a reptile, Google MK Ultra." <laughs> I'm not joking. It's kind of fantastic. Huh. Oh, man. I that know, is... Stand-up comedian Louis C.K. actually interviewed... Well, he didn't really interview him, but it was uh, speaking with... I think it was um, either Dick Cheney or... Who was the other... Oh, Carl Rove. And kept asking him, like, but are you are you a alien reptile, though? And he couldn't get a straight answer. He would not say no. <laughs> well, damn. So... This is a plausible denial. That's a damning, yeah, exactly. That is a damning uh, testimony. <laughs> If you, dude, if somebody asks me if I'm an alien reptile, I can easily say no. That's never going to come back and bite me in the ass. Yeah, but why would an alien reptile not lie about that? Hmm. You're going to trust an alien reptile and tell you he's an alien reptile? Well, no. Are alien reptiles like cops where they're bound to tell you if you ask so many times? No. Tarantino, anti-cop, anti-reptile has my vote. For the Tarantino Rodriguez 2016... <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, Tarantino Machete. Ah, sorry. (laughs) (sighs) Anyway, so uh, let's talk about how we feel about this movie. Um, This is one of the rare times where I feel like we kind of kept our feelings out of the retelling. (laughs) 
because we just kind of shot through <laughs> it pretty quick. <coughs> oh, you all right there, buddy? <coughs> I broke him. I was going to say, Tim's... Really? Uh, <laughs> Tim's definition of subtlety is not mine, so... No, no, no. I'm just saying. We kind of took a lot of shots at this movie. Like, a lot of them. We did. But <laughs> secretly, we all enjoyed it. Oh, we all s- definitely liked this movie. I enjoyed it. I definitely 100%. enjoyed it. 100%. Here's the thing. It's a terrible movie. <laughs> by is. all accounts, yes. this movie is bad. But by the same token, this movie is good. It's so bad it's just, that it's good. It's just like stylish. It That's is. the only thing. This movie looks awesome, and it feels the way certain movies should feel. Mm-hmm. Like a pulp drive-in horror movie should feel like yeah, a pulp drive-in. This movie knows exactly what it is, and it's not trying to be anything else. To its detriment sometimes. This mm-hmm. movie could have been even better. But as far as it goes, fuck, I love this movie. <laughs> so are you saying that you feel that it withstands the test of time? In its own weird Ramones-ish way, yes. There's something to be said for this like weird simplicity of just real crow magnon stupidity. Mm. <laughs> Alright, Lou. How do you feel? Um I know you love the movie. I did I love the movie for, for what it was. Again, same deal. Like I laughed a lot in this movie, even at the poorly written dialogue and the poor acting and a lot of the bad effects, but it was fun. I had fun watching this. Now, is it good? No, not really. Mm. Um, does it stand the test of time? Uh, the only reason I would say it does is because it fully used the like um, practical effects that were like available. And well, you have Tom Savini in a starring role, so yeah. Yeah. and Practical effects are going to be a thing. Right. But they do show their age, and not, they didn't age as well as like something like The Thing, like mm. that, that those practical effects. I mean, obviously, that's a that's a pinnacle of movie making. Yeah, t- if to some degrees, it doesn't hold up to like that extent. But I had a blast watching it, so um, I enjoyed it. Is it a good movie? No, not really. Mm. And you know, this is our Halloween episode. Does this feel like a Halloween movie? Ah, uh, not really. No, not not really. But at all. I'm into vampires, even if they're bat vampires and rat vampires and snake ladies. Snake ladies. I'm okay with all that. Yeah. I was gonna say, is this your Doctor Seuss moment? And just like in the bat <laughs> vampires and the rat vampires and the and the uh, scat vampires and <laughs> gross. Tim, um, I I'm in the same boat. I definitely enjoyed this movie. It's highly entertaining but that said i really can't recommend that you watch it okay. i feel like you you have to be a certain kind of person i feel like for a the 13 masses, year old boy yes that helps <laughs> or you have to be one of those people who like me loves things because they're bad you have to be able to look at this and be objectively say this is a terrible movie but i am having a good time because there's a lot like i feel like most of the population would just be like that was dumb Duh. But no, um, I, I actually I feel like most people are gonna f- kind of fall into our camp. Like think? I think I, I think I think a lot of people have a even if limited a narrow appreciation mm-hmm. for these kind of things. Like people love ridiculous, hilarious things. People love Quentin Tarantino, and dude for, gets yeah. dude gets a pass on so much. Yeah, he does. And. So I think just the fact that he's even in this and wrote this is just kind of like, oh, yeah, no, it's great. It's a good movie. Like, 
This movie has like a seven point three on IMDb. Yeah, it was it's pretty way high. higher than it deserves. It's a it's a it's a C student. This is yeah. like this is like your high school second string quarterback. You know, like everybody knows him, everybody likes him. He's a little dumb. He'll get you booze on the weekends. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, I I just don't think it holds up over time though. I think like if. This was released in what, 97? 96. 96, okay. I think had I been of an age to see it at that time, I would have been like, that was the best fucking movie I ever saw in my whole life. But looking back at it now, I'm like, that was an hour and 48 minutes, and there are better movies from around that time I could have watched if I wanted. And that's the thing. Like, I feel like I could have watched a like suspenseful crime thriller for movie A that was better, and I could have watched a campy B-horror movie that I would have enjoyed more. So, like, it, on either count of either movie, it doesn't necessarily satisfy, but taken as something more than the sum of its parts, it's definitely enjoyable to watch. I just don't think that it's a relevant movie in this day and age, despite the fact that it has its own TV series. I was going to say, right the now. fact that it has, like, a TV... I would say that it's very relevant. Like, But is, is the TV series any good? I mean, I know I got a second season. It. Yeah, but, but it got a second thing. <laughs> this also, interestingly enough, makes two movies in a row that we've talked about that have that a... have current television shows. Yeah, that have, I've ne- I haven't seen the Fargo show. I haven't seen the Dust Till Dawn show. But haven't seen either. Fargo is definitely a better movie than Dust Till Dawn. That's true. Just saying. So, and I, I feel like honestly, actually, I feel as though if this had been a TV series. Maybe not at the time, but if this if there had never been a movie, I think it could have worked better. So maybe the TV series is uh, a better uh, a version or a better venue in which to f- view a film about this Mexican vampire city. Having seen From Dust Till Dawn on cable, as mentioned before, gonna have to disagree with you there. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> oh, you can get away with a lot more now than you ever. Oh could yeah, on TV. I haven't watched a movie edited for TV in a long time, so I haven't. Is it that bad? I mean, it's it probably really is, bad. Right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, like, uh, and it all depends on the network too. If you watch something on TBS, yeah, it's hilarious the way they edit language. Yep, because they don't actually bleep things out anymore. They, they change, substitute yeah. it. They with substitute like, lines, which is even better. You mother freaker! Like, oh uh, no, my favorite is um uh, from Die Hard. What does he say? Um, Yippee ki yay. Mr. Falco? Something, something like that? I think it's Yippee Mr. Kaye, Mr. Mr. Falco. Falco. I think that's what it is. Holy shit. I know you guys aren't big Lebowski fans, but um, when they edit that for TV, there's a scene in which John Goodman is beating a, like a Ferrari to death with a uh, with like a, a golf club, and he's like, you see what happens, Larry? You see what happens when you fuck a stranger in the ass? On TV, they make it when you find a stranger in the Alps, and I'm like, <laughs> what? It's amazing. Yeah, it's I know. its own it's, it's level perfect. of poetry. Though. I know. It's like it's almost a more enjoyable movie with all of the swear words turned into something completely ridiculous. Oh, I love I that. also saw Snakes on a Plane edited for TV, and it was, I'm tired of these monkey farming snakes on this Monday to Friday <laughs> plane. <laughs> really? Yes. That sounds like you're just fucking... I'm not. Fucking I wish you I was. made that up. I did not. You straight made that I up. I absolutely did not. <laughs> I wish that I had. Oh, Jesus. So... So, that being That's said, Dust Till Dawn. Dawn. Kind of eh. a split decision. Yeah, I think that uh, ultimately we're split on whether or not you should watch it, but uh, I think we all enjoyed it. We, we all enjoyed it. It's an it's enjoyable experience, but I, yeah, I'm it not has sure. It, it's it has its place. Sure. Yeah. All right. So, this is your turn. This, this is, is my pick. turn to pick, and I'm going in a completely different direction from where we've been the last couple movies. Uh-oh. 
it's uh, hopefully it's not an uh oh but what i did was um you know similar to past episodes i just i grabbed i picked three movies mm -hmm. and i just grabbed their uh taglines tag, tag okay lines. ah tagline and are you gonna give us are they all from a certain genre or are they just three movies you felt like watching they're all from a certain genre okay. i'll leave that out though just sure, so sure. it doesn't give you any hints but they all they're all from 1994 okay because it is one of those years we haven't done a ton of movies from sure sure let me guess. Uh, the Lion King, The Lion King, and The Lion King. No, no, and no. Oh. All right. Damn it. <clears throat> it's never The Lion King. <laughs> so I'm going to have to omit some words from these sure. taglines just because they, it'll, yeah. it'll give too much away. Uh, the first of three. Every kid's dream, every parent's nightmare. When blank sees an opportunity, he takes it. I want to say... Is it like Dennis the Menace or something? No, but you're in you're in a I'm in that problem child too. No. Okay. Um. Hmm. So I'm in the right ball. We're in the right ballpark with the annoying child movies. Yes. Okay. Sorry, that's what we're going to be doing. Oh, one damn of it. I love it. <laughs> All right, I'm going to give you another as, one. As a former annoying child, yeah, let's, like... let's, let's hear number two. Number two is again omitting something. An adventure so big, even blank, can't afford to miss it. Richie Rich. Yes. <sighs> You can't afford to miss it. Get it? The uh, omitted line was the world's richest kid. So yeah. Okay. Couldn't leave that in. Third one. For everyone who's waited to be chosen and wasn't, your day has come. Heavyweights? No, but no, okay. close. Okay. So it's a fat kid movie. Is what <laughs> <laughs> Not Willy so Wonka. <laughs> Not so specific, but. Hmm. <clears throat> So it's got to be like a kid sport movie kind of thing. It's not Mighty Ducks, is it? It, nope. it couldn't be Mighty Ducks. That has a better tagline than that. And that's not from 1994, I don't think. Um, D2. <laughs> it's when they go to the World Cup. Not World Cup. That's soccer. What? Junior Olympics. The Stanley Cup? Well, not in junior well, I know, hockey. but I mean like... I don't what know what it is. Why, they do, play why did you say thing. the World Cup? Because <laughs> my brain is fried. All that's right. why. All right. Uh, let's go back to the first one. First one. it again. Every kid's dream, every parent's nightmare. When blank sees an opportunity, he takes it. So we have an opportunistic child. And there's a clue in there. In the omission. Mm. Baby stay out. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's never baby stay out either. Um, you don't have to remind me. <laughs> uh, when blank sees an opportunity. So is the blank. Let, let me just ask this. Is the blank the title of the movie? It's part of it. Okay. The omission is Preston Waters. I don't know if that gives if it rings Preston a bell. Preston Waters. That's the name of the character. All right, this has gone on too long. Is it blank check? It is blank check. Okay. <laughs> oh man! Why is that every parent's nightmare? I don't know. That's just the tagline. I don't know. That's that's. What I was thinking. I was like, okay. I, yeah, I, I was hate, thinking it could be. I hate the check. idea that my kids would have money. <laughs> Fuck oh, you, God child. Yeah. <laughs> So the third one, just okay. to choose the last so one. So far, I'm leaning towards Blank Check, just because I don't want to watch uh, Richie Rich if I can avoid it. I was going to say, are these all rich kid movies? No, this one is not. This okay. one's the uh, the other one. For everyone who's waited to be chosen and wasn't, your day has come. Dunstan checks in. <laughs> You're just throwing out <laughs> movies. <laughs> movies I love, apparently. <laughs> um, all right, I'll give you. I'll give you a hint. Similar in fashion to the one to the last hint that Stephen gave us before we chose from Dusk Till Dawn. Puerto Rico plays a small oh, role. Oh, Little Giants. Little Giants. Oh, uh, absolutely Little Giants. That's my vote. <laughs> I'm going to vote for Richie Rich. Salute. This is the tiebreaker. Oh, damn. All right. Well, Stephen and I could also fight to the death. <laughs> <laughs> because the annexation of Puerto Rico is my favorite thing ever. 
Uh, which do which to choose? Um. So we're omitting blank check for sure. All right. So Richie Rich. Blank check's not a. Actually, is, it is a bad movie. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Have we done a sports movie? We haven't done a sports movie. I don't no. think we've done a sports movie. We also no. haven't done a class warfare movie either. So. <laughs> So really, it's a toss-up. All right, you know what? Because of that, I have to choose Richie Rich. Oh, God damn it. I have to watch Richie Rich. <laughs> so on our next uh, episode, we're going to be covering... I am so excited. 1994's Richie Rich with Macaulay Culkin and a bunch of other kids no one has ever heard of since. <laughs> and I'm predicting now that we're going to have... Dude, how can you not fucking pick Little Giants? Dude, you've got I... Ed O'Neill. You've got Rick Moranis. You've got um, the annexation of Puerto Rico and Icebox, and it's not to say that we can't do it again. But you know, no, it's it's done forever now. <laughs> the annexation of Puerto me, Rico is dead to me. If you make me watch Richie Rich, uh, Little Giants is dead to me forever. <laughs> I like that you punish something that you like because you do something that you hate. Yes, I know. All right. Well, listen, guys. Our next episode's Richie Rich. Thanks for joining us for this Halloween episode on a not so Halloweeny movie, but whatever. Halloweeny enough. Uh, at least it's not Hocus Pocus. I like Hocus Pocus. Of course you fucking do. <laughs> Hocus Pocus is tight. <laughs> Thanks, guys. We'll talk to you next time. Uh, Kwansu. Dudes. Booger. <laughs> <laughs>